Yes, hello. Hi, what's up? It's Aiden Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 14th of September, 2021. How are you guys doing? Hope you're good. I'm doing okay. I am wearing my funky shirt that I bought in Cairns. I bought a shirt in Cairns. It's like a new shirt. It's nice. It kind of matches my skin tone, which is important when you have a shirt. I feel like I didn't really know anything you know, you have to like match shit to your skin tone. You know, they say you're supposed to be colorblind, but then once it's in a fashion, it's like you better know exactly what shade of brown you are, fuck face, or you're going to look like shit. <sighs> yeah, man, I'm wearing my, um, my, I feel like that's a move that I've, you know, I feel like that's a way to try and fucking pep myself up a little bit. Wear a funky shirt and shout a bunch. I just listen to Cat Stevens, you know. It's all right. It's all right this morning. It's actually it's actually like the um the, compared to what I the mood that I was in a couple of days ago. This is fantastic. By the way, this week I think I want to I'm not going to do a music thing. Um I figure I don't want to beat that horse to death, so I'm just doing uh I'm just I got a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about to catch up on over the last few weeks because I've just been talking about music. A bunch of fun things have happened. Uh, I've got some emails, that some things from the past, some things from now, some things from the future. Um, yeah, some fucking fun things have happened. The main thing that has happened that has shaped my life over the last few days is um, man, me and my housemate thought we were going to have to isolate together for <clears throat> for a week and a half. Hold up, let me have a little sip of tea here. Me and my housemate thought we were going to have to isolate together. He was at A1 Bakery, which, I mean, it's not, I think it's the most overhyped bakery, to be honest. It's fine. The Sydney Road, A1, you know, there's some stuff there. But as far as bakeries go, when I hear the word bakery, I get so excited. A bakery to me is like, I mean, it could be like hot bread, like Vietnamese, you know, Buying me's, or you could be getting sausage rolls and pasties, or you could be getting burgers, a steak sandwich. But the Turkish bakery, for me, really is a perversion of the word bakery, even. I guess they're baking bread, but there's no bread in there. You can't get a loaf of bread. You can get some pita or whatever they have, I guess, but it just whatever they have. Is that bad? <laughs> Am I othering? The denizens of the Turkish bakery. I don't know. I just don't really love it. I just, I, the food that they have in there, nothing in there. Like the best thing in there is a kebab, which is the the cornerstone of the shit food pyramid, isn't it? You got kebabs on one side. You've got fucking mac and cheese is the first thing that came into my head. Uh, bunning sausages and... Uh, then in the middle, you've got vegan food, <laughs> which it's, it's like not bad for you, but it tastes bad. <laughs> vegan food does taste bad, man. I went to, uh, I went to Smith and Deli the other day, which was like so hyped to get a vegan sandwich and it just tasted like vegan food. You know, that taste, it's kind of like, 
a little bit salty or a bit like there's lots of spices and stuff, but there's no real, I want to say meat. There's no meat to it. There's no heft to the food. There's no oomph, no big like, you know, brick of, of matter sitting in your gut, which, yes, doesn't feel good afterwards, but it feels good to put in there. And sometimes that's what I want, especially when I'm getting a sandwich that's called a Reuben. Anyway, and what's the top of the bad food? What's the top of the shit food pyramid? So we got kebabs on, I'm picturing kebabs on one corner and then like mac and cheese. No, mac and cheese isn't bad. What's shitty late night food? Kebabs and then mac, macas, the doi, the doi, and then like maybe uh, like um, Korean fried chicken, you know? Is that a guilt food? Yeah, that's not. Korean fried chicken is not. They're trying to pass that off as like a food movement, aren't they? <laughs> Korean fried chicken, like it's some new cuisine. It's like it's not a cuisine, it's chicken. You don't even get anything with it. What do you get? A bit of rice on the side maybe if you ask. Fried chicken is not a cuisine. I'll say it. Fried chicken is not a cuisine, all right? I don't know what the top of that shit food pyramid is. What would it be? I want to say chocolates, but that's on the regular food pyramid. No, what's the what's a shit food? All right, the shit foods that you have all the time, they're on the bottom, aren't they? So that's kebab. I'm really desperate to fucking to put a cap on this metaphor. It's kebab and macas, and then a bit higher up, it's it is it's Korean it's Korean fried chicken, and then a bit higher up from that. It's what's like the four, the third rung out of four, and then the top one is like maybe like foie gras. <laughs> it's not shit food at all, but it is evil, um, and you eat it sometimes. <laughs> anyway, fucking hell. Um, me and my housemate thought we were going to have to quarantine together because he went to A1 Bakery. That's right. And A1 Bakery is not good. That was my central thesis on the last five minutes. Um, yeah, I don't love it, but he went there. He'd never been there before and he came back and he was like, yeah, it wasn't that good. And then a few days later, he was like, oh, it was a tier one exposure site all week. Someone there working there had got COVID. So it was a tier one exposure from Sunday through to like Wednesday. So that's, you know, half of Brunswick locked down because um, <laughs> it's so popular. I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, yeah, maybe that's just an experience that I just don't understand, you know, much like in the way that a man can never truly understand a woman's experience of the world. I can never truly understand the experience of someone who genuinely likes a1 bakery and at some point i have to stop trying and just accept that i don't understand i'm never going to understand <laughs> um yeah and so he found out and uh he had said before that like i was i, I mean i understand he'd said before that he was maybe if he ever got locked down or, like isolated order to isolate he would stay at um the house of the lady that he's seeing. And so I was like, oh, is he going to stay there? And he was like, no, I'm coming home. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was so bummed. And we went together. I mean, I, you know, it's like it could have happened to anyone. I can't be mad at the dude as much as I wanted to direct my anger somewhere. But 
Um, we drove to the, we got like this girl who he's seen, by the way, I'm drinking a Jasmine tea. Oh my God. I just cleaned the cupboards out, found a fucking few tea bags. I didn't know about Jasmine, Jasmine. I love Jasmine tea. It's actually my favorite tea, but I never get it because it's so expensive. So, um, yeah, we drove, we got tested. I was just in the worst mood. We stood in line for like an hour and then we got tested and then we came home and then we just kind of hunkered down and we were, we were thinking, oh, sorry, we were thinking that we were going to be locked down until the 20th because it's 14 days from the exposure date, which for him was Monday. So, um, yeah, man, just like, all right, that's what it is. And uh, I was like, I guess I'm going to get heaps of my puzzle done. Um, thinking about projects that I've got. We're releasing very soon the video for um, Sidewalk Comedy. Should be in the next couple of days, but this edits always just take such a long time and I really want to get it perfect. And um, my editor, Sal Hicks, is just doing a phenomenal job. I can't wait for this thing to come out. It looks so good. We thought it was going to be five minutes. It's blowing out to like a 15-minute thing, but it's looking amazing. There's a couple songs on there from local Melbourne artists from um oh fuck oh yalma and uh is the first one mihoriko and the second one is called summer by georgia mac um there's a good little storyline in there about the uh oven and my landlord coming around to fucking deliver the new oven i don't even know if i've talked about that on the podcast yet it was a whole thing 11 weeks mate 11 weeks our oven wasn't working and the the door was like hanging open and there was heat seeping out and 11 weeks I was messaging the agency trying to fix it and finally on the day that I recorded the sidewalk comedy thing the landlord came around to replace the oven so we got a bunch of shots of that and that's like a kind of B storyline in the thing we're making fun of him you know it's all good it's all good man but yeah, then uh, woke up yesterday and I was like, all right, this is the day, this is the first day of lockdown. I was thinking what we're going to do. We've had some new neighbors move in around the side and uh, I've been talking to them, which is really nice. Get up on the roof. Um, our roof is uh, like the roof of the garage. You can easily climb up onto it. It's flat. And then from there, we can talk to all three balconies of the three apartments next to us. And now all three of those are full of like people who we're mates with. So it's a little community, but they're far enough away that it's called socially distanced and we can just hang out. We were throwing cigarettes across the gap the other day, smoking darts. Um, it's a feeling like a very nice community around here at the moment, which is sick. And I was starting to think, you know, maybe we can do this. When I first heard the news, I was like, I can't do it. I cannot isolate with my housemate for, it was going to be 10 days. I can't do it. I was just like, straight up, I can't do it. <laughs> There are a lot of things in life that I can push through. I feel like I'm quite a strong person and a resilient person, but this I cannot do. <laughs> and you don't have a lot of options, do you? It's like, well, what are you going to do? Kill yourself? Well, I don't want to kill myself. So you just got to fucking do it. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about that, not killing myself. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I've been thinking a lot about, I guess, the attitude to lot you know i mean i hate when people i really react like negatively when people kind of tell me you know oh you just got to be resilient and shit because it's like fuck off don't fucking tell me what i got to do 
you know, let me wallow. I get defensive. But at the same time, it is good to be resilient. And um, I guess what I'm trying to remember is it's not, it's, it's not about what happens because there are things that you can't control, you know, like when lockdowns, getting a tier one exposure site, having to get locked in with your housemate. But what you can control is how you react to the things that happen. And uh, I, I guess I try and remember that because, you know, I mean, no one's perfect and I react angrily to things and I, you know, wallow in that anger. Like when people tell me that it's important to be resilient and I, rather than accept that and what they're trying to do is help me, I just go, fuck you because I still feel the anger and I want to direct it at someone and they're who's in front of me. So I direct it at them, you know, I, I do that. That's a shitty thing that I do. But... I guess the goal that I'm trying to work towards with myself is to get to a point where when bad things happen, I instinctively react in a constructive way because it's only it's, it's only ever worth reacting in a constructive way. You can't hold on to the anger. And uh, this week I saw, or maybe it was last week, I saw something, Triple J posted a tweet. Uh, it was, did it hurt when you aged out of the youth radio station? which to me is very funny because, you know, there's always chat in Australia from people who are older than the the key demographic for Triple J, people going, Triple J shit, it used to be better, it's crap now, it's dumb, it, you know, whatever their criticisms are of it. And the whole point of that tweet is like, yeah, it's not for you. Their key demographic is something like 16 to 23 or 25, something like that. It's like really young. It's very young. It's not even like 16 to 30. Nah, it's like two. I'm pretty sure it's 23. And, you know, when people bitch about it that aren't in that demographic, it's like, well, of course you're bitching about it. It's not for you. If heaps of young people are bitching about it and they don't like it, then that's a problem. But the whole point is it's the youth broadcaster. And so I guess that was the point that they're making. But, you know, you love to see, I love to see uh, a big institution like that having a bit of a sassy tone on their social media communication. It's great. And someone had a lot of fun writing that tweet because it's provocative, you know, prodding the people. The Triple J's shit. Oh, yeah. Does it hurt, oldie? Did it hurt? When you aged out of the youth radio station, you old fuck. See what I mean? Yeah, they're calling us old. They're triple J. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. All of the responses were all of these fucking people going, this is exactly it. So disrespectful. This is government money, blah, blah, blah. And the same point still applies. It's not for you. It's for young people. And uh, there was one, I mean, some people were really going fucking nuts over it. And um, the one kind of criticism that I started to see materialize that was like a genuine criticism was apparently Triple J don't support women over 30 in music. They don't play a lot. As soon as you turn 30 as a woman, you're off the Triple J playlists, but not the same for men, which is like sexual, you know, gender bias, whatever. And, um, you know, I guess that sucks. That does suck, especially if you're a woman over 30 trying to make music. And there were people going, you know, there are record labels that their whole 
their whole strategy is just to get on Triple J. And so if they don't think you're going to get on Triple J, they won't sign you because Triple J is such a huge player in the Australian music market. But what I was thinking and how this relates to it's not about the things you can't control, it's about your reactions that you can control is like, I just try, okay, if you're a woman over 30 and you're not getting played on Triple J, what do you do about that? You can't really control if they have a bias legitimately if they have a bias against women over 30 and they're not going to play you for no if you your music's great you know it'll probably connect with the music of the people i mean part of me wants to say like do you really reckon 16 year olds are looking to hear a woman over 30 if you're 40 making music 16 year old that's like your mum and I, when I'm 16, I don't want to hear, you know, when I'm 16 every now and then, <laughs> when I'm 16, if I'm a 16-year-old kid, I don't want to hear my mum singing songs on my radio station. That's not what I want to hear. But let's put that to the side. What's she? <laughs> Your mum's telling you to do the dishes and you're like, fuck, I just need to relax and escape from this flick on the radio and your mum's on there, do the dishes. <laughs> You stupid little cunt. <laughs> do the dishes, do the dishes, do the dishes. <laughs> I think that tells you a little bit about the way I grew up, that the main, th- the gripe that I had with my mum was that she was telling me to do the dishes. What else was it? And then like, <laughs> I reckon when I was like 16 for some, I think I did the dishes for like a year and a half and I like, you know, used to rely on pocket money and then they stopped giving me pocket money, but I kept writing down the weeks that I'd done the dishes. And then after like a year, I was like, oh, you owe me one year's worth of weeks of pocket money. And <laughs> Cause I just was like, you stopped giving me the pocket money. And I reckon their argument was that I stopped doing the dishes and I don't think I did, but you know, that's by the by. Um, and I told them at the end of the year, I was just like, you owe me a year's worth of pocket money. And they were like, no. <laughs> they just said no. <laughs> and I just had this massive feeling of injustice, of just like, but I, what? It's not fair. <laughs> anyway, that's not who I wanted to hear. But that maybe you're a woman over 30 and you are playing music that appeals to you know, these kids, I'm sure there's plenty. And then, and then maybe Triple J just doesn't play your music because you're a woman over 30 and that's a bias that they have. That's something that you can't really control. Now, I guess some people would say that you can control it by getting angry and yelling and and trying to change it. But I would argue that that's not going to change it. Like just going online and yelling and going, fuck Triple J, they don't fucking support people like me in the music industry. All it sounds like is they don't play my songs and now I'm angry and and you're just trying to find a reason to justify it. And your reason might be right, but it still just sounds like, you know, self-indulgent and crap. Doesn't mean you're not right, but that's what it sounds like and you're not going to get people on your side. Doesn't matter how right you are. It doesn't matter how right you are. You still have to be likable to the people who disagree with you, not to the people who already agree with you. You're trying to change minds. So you've got to be likable to the people who disagree with you. And the way to do that is not calling them bigoted fuckheads or whatever, getting angry. 
And I feel like the way to react to that, that you can control. All right, so that's one way to react. You can choose to be angry or here was my idea. And look, maybe this is maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe I'm missing the point. Maybe I'm an asshole. Maybe I'm the problem. I am a man, all right? So I don't know what it's like to be a woman. As I said at the start, I don't know what it's like to be a woman and I don't know what it's like to genuinely think that A1 Bakery is good. These are two demographics that I just don't understand. <laughs> But, but <sighs> if you're that woman and Triple J isn't playing your music, rather than just getting angry and, and tearing down this thing that, let's face it, still supports a lot of artists, a lot of female artists, a lot of Indigenous artists. Like, it's a pretty good institution. As far as institutions go, it's not perfect, but it does bring some good into the world. It doesn't support you, but sure. Rather than tear it down, why don't you use the fact that you reckon there's so many people out there who would like your music and this thing isn't fair to get yourself an audience? If it's such an injustice, great. What an opportunity to use that to your advantage. Why don't you put a show on that's called like the Fuck Triple J Show, I'm Too Old for Triple J, get a bunch of female artists over 30 and have a, have a have put a show on. Get a big venue, promote it like that to all the people who listen to Triple J or whatever, all these people out there who would probably be mad because they're good people and they don't like bigotry and, and bias. And then suddenly you've sold out a massive show. And if your music's that good, you've got a bunch of new fans who just saw your music. It's funny. It's clear like you're turning something that could have been a negative into a positive, flipping the fucking energy rather than just sitting there and stewing and getting angry and trying to convince. It's like this whole thing of trying to convince people, of like feeling angry and then going online. I feel like the only reason anyone ever goes online to voice their opinion is because they want to convince other people online who they've never met, this is why I'm right objectively. It's like, I feel this and you should agree with me and feel it too because here's why I'm right. And at some point, it's like, it doesn't matter how fucking right you are, you're still just a shit hang. You are a nightmare to be around and you're a musician and you're not playing any music. <laughs> like you're a musician, play some music. What did you do today? Oh, I went online and yelled at a bunch of people because I'm a musician. That's what I do as a musician. I go and find people who disagree with me and I call them names and I don't practice guitar at all. Like <laughs> write a song about it. But the ultimate fucking end of this thing is this is exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm getting angry and I'm not really creating anything of value. I guess I would argue that this podcast is supposed to be entertaining, but <laughs> don't know about that. Oh, so it's yeah, I guess it's really. I guess maybe I just shouldn't talk about this at all. I'm trying to figure out how I want to react to this now because that's upset me. And here I am getting angry about it. I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to go on those comments threads and post about it and, and get into arguments with people, but I just was like, don't do that. It won't get you anywhere. Stop. I, I felt myself like ordering my points in my head and formulating the message that I was going to write. And I was like, Aiden, stop, man. Just stop right now. Nothing good is going to come of this. You're not going to change these people's minds. You're just going to wade into the fucking, into the soup. 
I don't know what I thought that was going to mean, but wade into the fucking quagmire of rubbish, you know? So <clears throat> it's all about the way that you react. There are things that you can't control and they happen. You can't control them, but you can control the way you react to it. And I guess there's this narrative that like if we hold on to our anger, then slowly that's going to change the world. But I don't think anger changes the world. I don't. I don't think it does. I think it just upsets you. It makes you walk around like a ball of anger and it upsets the people around you. Because if I'm around someone who's angry all the time and, you know, they're trying to justify their anger to me, I'm just like, well, all you're trying to do is make me get angry with you and I don't like how it feels to be angry. I don't want to be angry. So it feels like you're just trying to make me feel bad and I don't like that. <sighs> Anyway, I've got some emails that I want to read and I've got a nice story. I've got a couple nice stories. Let me, um, I'll tell this one first because it's a bit silly. I, uh, this is actually quite embarrassing or revealing. I don't know. A few years ago, 2017, I, uh, <laughs> just working out in my head how much of this I actually want to tell. <laughs> how much I want to keep to myself. I matched with a girl on Tinder who, um, and look, straight out the gate, very open to the possibility that this is a catfish. Very open, right? Matched with a girl on Tinder who said that they were into domination, <clears throat> being dominated, oh, no, dominating people. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll be into that. So I, uh, I messaged them and I said so and they were like, yeah, cool. Here's my email address. And we emailed bid and uh, started doing, you know, that. Sent them a few pictures, you know, they were telling me to do stuff. But it got to a point where uh, they the, the, they were like, it was pretty early. It wasn't, you know, we didn't go very far in, maybe like three or four emails each, something like that. <clears throat> and it got to the point where they were like, okay, I want you to do this. There was a thing like uh, to do with my stand-up where it would be like crossing over into the world of stand-up. And then there was another thing that was like a kind of sexual act by myself but in public. And I just felt like both of those things were kind of – it's a, a line that I don't really want to cross. Um, just felt uncomfortable, so I just stopped replying. That was in 2017. Then in 2020, last year – after not having heard from this person for like three years, I got a message from them on the same email account just saying, hey, uh, we never got to finish this. I was wondering if you'd be interested in picking it back up to again. And I got the message and I read it and it was kind of interesting and I told a couple people in my life at the time, but I, you know, I just was like, I, I don't know, I just didn't really feel it, so I just left it. And now, you know, I'm, I'm broken up with my girlfriend a few months ago feeling kind of lonely, I guess, and just looking for things to do to occupy my time. So I thought of that email and I thought, you know what? <laughs> let me just let me just dip my toes. Let me see what's going on with that again. Maybe I'm into that. Maybe that maybe I want to explore that now that I'm a single man. And um I uh I sent them an email back. I was like, you know, sorry for the reply and I explained why I hadn't replied. And, uh, I explained that I had, you know, it just felt like I was kind of didn't want to cross these lines in my personal life. And they were really cool. They were like, yeah, that's great. Um, absolutely fine. And oh, where's my phone? Cause I'm going to, I'm going to read the email that I read out. 
They were like, that's absolutely fine. You know, we don't have to cross those boundaries. It's good to know that. If there's anything else, like, please let me know. And uh, and then they said, all right, let's 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 start it again. And then they sent me the first thing. And as soon as I got their first email that was just like, you know, here's what I want you to do now, it just immediately I was like, oh, I don't want this. <laughs> I actually, I thought that I wanted this, but actually I just don't want to do this. I think I'm just lonely. You know, I've, I've, I don't have a girlfriend. I'm single again. I'm in lockdown. And I think I was just reaching out to some, like I, I confuse like sexual connection with actual connection. So I took a couple of weeks and then I, this is the email I sent yesterday to like, I said, Hey, <laughs> so, <laughs> this just really feels, I, first of all, I didn't know what to call her because like her, she has a name and it comes up on her email, but I was calling her, I think I was calling her mistress. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, but now that I'm kind of breaking the spell and saying that I don't want to do it anymore, I didn't want to call her a name because that felt like, I don't know, like, um, like I wasn't allowed to, <laughs> but I didn't want to call her mistress because we're not playing the game anymore. So I just said, hey, <laughs> sorry for the slow response here. I feel a little sheepish at this point, which explains the delay in responding. I thought this was something I'd be into, but I now realize that I don't think it is. Maybe I was just lonely, which is why I decided to reach out now. Sorry to get your hopes up or lead you on or whatever it is that I've done. I feel guilty, I guess, but hey, I'm sure you'll be fine. Ha ha. You seem very respectful and cool in the correspondences we've had. So thank you for that. Good luck in finding what you're looking for, Aiden. So yeah, I feel guilty for rejecting a person who, you know, wanted... To dominate me. I feel guilty. Isn't that weird? Just saying what I want and I feel guilty about that. And I rejected them. That's another point that like it almost breaks the spell of domination when like they're the one who messaged me, you know, years later to try and start it back up again. They're the one who's thirsty. I'm not thirsty. I'm dominating you, mate. I just fucking dominated the dominator. (laughs) This other email I've been um, thinking about this week. This is a cool story. I uh, I got oh, there's this album that me and my mate Benja. We went. Uh, I'll tell the whole story in the email anyway. But we basically got it when we were kids in high school uh, by this rapper called Arce A R E C E E R C. Um, it's called Beating a Dead Horse. And it's a great album. It's like that kind of underground hip hop from the 2000s. It came out in 2003, I think, or four. Um, And it's just like that white guy kind of bedroom depressive melancholy hip hop. Pretty good lyrics. Good, you know, he's a good lyricist. Rhymes well. It's a great album. And I always loved it and I kind of came back to it um, year after year or, you know, like you come back to an old album and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. This one was always good. Um, but the guy never released anything else. He released like a couple other little things, but nothing really of note. And I couldn't actually get one of the things that he released um, at the time when I looked for it again in like 2014 because it was only on Amazon or whatever. I don't know. I'll read all the emails in a sec. But basically I looked for him and I, he wasn't anywhere online. He had no, There was no news about him. And it was just a great album that I loved and it kind of bugged me that, 
I uh, I couldn't find the guy. In 2014, I sent him an email looking for him and I didn't hear anything back. And this week, I've done another search. I put some things on Reddit, on some like hip-hop communities with like artists that are kind of similar, seeing if anyone who loves those also loved this guy. Um, if anyone's heard anything from him, I did some more Google searches and I found an, uh, some like biography of his that said that he's the sister of this Leslie Hall person who's also evidently a performer. And um, I found her on Instagram and I messaged her and I said, you know, I'm sorry to bug you, but like your brother released this album. I think this is your brother and I'd really loved it and I just don't know where he is or what he's doing. And she sent me back a really nice message. I'll see, I'll read a little bit of it. I don't want to read too much of it because I feel like that's maybe not fair. But... Leslie Hall. Oh, here we go. Um, she said, uh, we're no longer as close as we used to be. Here's his email. I think he'd appreciate it. Um, as far as I know, he's not made more music. A damn shame. He was really brilliant at it. I did just read the whole message. I don't know what I thought I was going to censor out of that, but... So I've got the guy's email, his personal email, and um, anyway, yesterday <clears throat> I sent him an email. I'll, first of all, I'll, I'll read the email that I sent him in 2014 because it was fucking, I, there's, it's obvious why he didn't reply to this. I'm 23 when I write this. Hey man, uh, I don't even know if this album will make it through to you or not album oh fucking i'm not even i must have been drunk when i wrote this i don't even know if this should be should say message we'll make it through to you or not but my name is aiden or taco to most Ugh. and i'm a comedian from adelaide australia living in melbourne and why the fuck am i even telling you this i don't know why i'm writing to you other than to figure out if you're like still alive or whatever what a horrific thing to say <laughs> and still putting out music. A friend of mine from high school bought your album Beating a Dead Horse in like 2006 from some bum record store that has since closed. <laughs> bum records. The word bum's funny, isn't it? And it has turned out to be one of my most enduring favourites. I still bump it for a week or so, once every six to 12 months. I've never been able to get a hold of you of your other stuff though, I know there's another album up on Amazon, but the global intellectual property mafia won't let people outside of the US purchase MP3s on Amazon and I'm not putting my credit card deets up on some sketchy proxy site and fuck iTunes, I haven't even checked it's on there, but whatever. I love that this email is starting to sound more and more like it has been written by an insane person. Yeah, yeah, it really does, Aiden. It really fucking does. I don't know what you do in your day-to-day life, but you have to understand that having listened to the same 15 tracks over and over again for fucking eight years without any other perspective on the person that made them has led me to believe, however accurately, that you are insane also. Basically, dude, I would love to know if you're still making music. Update on your website from December 2013, question mark. And if you are, I'd love to buy some. Uh, I'd love to buy some of it off you direct. And speaking of, if you could please send me a copy of Background, which is his other album, I guess, I'd be happy to send you some cash on PayPal or whatever. Something, something. I hope receiving this has been as entertaining for you as the prospect of you receiving it currently is for me. Don't die, peace, Taco. So look, that's fucking rubbish. That's a garbage email. I don't like that at all. But here's what I sent yesterday, and I think that this is better. 
And I guess this is going to be the end of the podcast this week. I, ho- I haven't heard back from him yet and I'm really, really hoping to. Um, hey, mate. My name is Aiden. I'm a stand-up comedian based in Melbourne, Australia. I got your email off your sister, Leslie, after doing a bit of online snooping, which I hope isn't too weird. I just feel like I've got something to say to you and I hope that isn't too crazy. Thanks in advance for reading this. When I was in high school in Adelaide where I grew up, me and my mate Sam used to go down to the beach after school, hang out in the newsagent and look at soft porn mags and go look at CDs in the local record store. One day in probably 2006, we picked up your album, Beating a Dead Horse. Neither of us had ever heard of it or you before, but my mate got it probably because the cover looked cool. We loved it, listened to it together, and since then it's been one of those things in our 15 plus year friendship that we can always reference and come back to. You know when you just remember shit with someone, it doesn't even matter what the shit is, it's just nice that you both remember it. But aside from the album being a thing that ties me and my friend together, it's also just a great album. There are some albums or artists that you listen to when you're young and then you drift away from them, but then years later you go back and re-listen to see if the magic is still there but they don't hold up. Your album has never been like that for me. Whenever I listen to it, there's always a little bit of something else in there that I can relate to and feel, and I think that's very I think that's really special. I want to thank you for that. I think you made a really great thing. But the reason I want to write to you and why I tracked your sister down, and actually this isn't the first time I've tried to send you something. I ran a few online searches maybe five years ago, found an old email address of yours and sent you an email, but I think it bounced back. Okay, I just checked and it was 2014. I just read the email. It's horrific. Oh, God. Anyway, the real reason I wanted to write you is I guess because I honestly find it so crazy that you just stopped making music. I'm 30 years old and I've been doing stand-up for 10 years at this point, touring, working bum jobs here and there, just like living my life and making my art, you know, and I love it. And in the time I've been doing it, There are people I've seen who come and go, some people start and get a lot of success, some don't, some drop off, some start slow and then pick up. There's all different trajectories to it. But I've found that the only way I can really keep doing it and not go mad with jealousy when I see other people getting stuff is to know that the reason I'm doing it is because I love it, the work. That's the only thing. And I've also found that the best stuff comes out of me when I trust that that's the only thing that's important, to love the work. And when I listen to your album, maybe I'm overreaching here, but it seems like something that I've felt so properly connected to for so long, something that made me actually feel something and spoke to me on some level had to have been made by someone who was making it for those same right reasons. But if you really loved it, then why did you stop? I am so, so aware of the fact that this is absolutely none of my business to know about any of this, man. So if you don't want to tell me or reply to this, I totally understand. And I'm sorry in advance if this has upset you in any way. I just don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I just want to reach out to someone who made something that I really care about and see how they're doing because it doesn't seem right that they could have just plain stopped. Hoping to hear back from you and hoping you're still well uh, and hoping you're all well and that things are good for you right now. Thanks, Aiden. So... Yeah, I really hope I do hear back. I don't know what I want from that. I don't know. I'm thinking like if I was him, you know, I don't know what could have happened. Like it just feels like if he lost the love for it. I mean, I can't do stand-up, but I still want to do other stuff. And he put a lot of work into that album. And it feels like if you just lost the love for it, 
I don't know. How do you lose that? Maybe he didn't want to make music anymore, but surely you want to make something. I, I understand changing the thing that you want to make, but I, what I don't understand is just going from someone who is obviously really passionate about making stuff to someone who just doesn't make anything at all. Um, I guess I want an explanation. I don't know. I just am looking for stories, man. I'm reaching out. I'm trying to reach out. I'm trying to lean in and I'm trying to look for stuff. <sighs> I get my vaccine today, my second vaccine, because we found out that A1 Bakery was a tier one, but it got downgraded yesterday to a tier two. So we don't have to isolate anymore. We got our negative tests. All good. Also, I found out I didn't have to isolate anyway because I wasn't even at the site and apparently housemates don't have to isolate, but that's neither here nor there. I'm getting my vaccination in two and a half hours. Oh, So uh, that's why I'm recording early. That's why this is going to come out early. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed it, man. And uh, listen to that listen to that album by RC. It's called Beating a Dead Horse. It's melancholy shit, if that's what you're into. I really love it. Rate this podcast on iTunes. Give me five stars, you fucking dog. Um, tell some mates if you think it's good. And have a great week, man. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.